Cheers, Karen. Happy Friday. What are you drinking? I'm drinking the Lazy Lady Cosmo. Ooh, tell me more. Tito's vodka and a bunch of other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Tito's. On the rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Tito's vodka. I hear that's American made. Tito's vodka is American made in Austin. It started in Austin, Texas in the middle of the 90s. I think you mean the 1990s. Wow. 1990s vodka from Texas. Boy, oh boy. What a great. Oh man, I'm drinking one too. Mm -hmm. Mm. What you got? Mm. Yeah. That's our, uh, that's our sponsor as well. So thank you to to the good people at Tito's for sponsoring our late night, Mm -hmm. Friday night. World on fire. World on fire election week episode of hypernasality ah this is hypernasality a podcast about speech and language with your hosts dr anthony drew and karen with a c covering all topics about speech language and swallowing gulp 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 (laughs) (laughs) and everything in between including academic survival Grad students, pop culture, politics, child rearing. Yeah, this week, especially these topics. And our disclaimer, this is not not evidence-based. All right. (laughs) I liked our commercial. I think we did good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we started today with the thought, can we finish a thought? So let's finish our thought from our last episode. Karen, you've got some information about the uh, velour tracksuit. Tell us. Mm -hmm. So um, guys, I just want you to know that when you listen to this podcast, you are being um, led by a trend spotting fashionista (laughs) because today on my Apple News app, I was uh, delivered an article dated from November 2nd, that says, Juicy Couture is back. 10 super fans on why they can't quit the tracksuit. Okay, and then it shows like all these people are wearing velour tracksuits. I mean, you called it. We are in the process of shopping for our hypernasality tracksuits. So I went online. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, well, where's the link to the Juicy website, right? <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, I'm ready to pay some adult money on my Velour tracksuit. So I started looking around and they don't, they don't even have a website. And then I investigated with a few of my close friends who I knew would appreciate. And they said something about them going bankrupt. I don't know. And my cousin who used to be in fashion PR, but is now a nurse. He's like, I bet by November they have a website up and you can order it. So um, I will keep you guys posted on when juicy, um, goes live with their new track suits and I'll let you know what's going on. I love it. And we are going to, you know, Karen, it's also your birthday weekend. That's true. I was thinking of <laughs> if I could get you a track suit by your birthday, but I want us to have matching track suits for yeah, recording this. Coordinate. So, um, and I think if they are going out of business, maybe we can get a good deal on like, 
Jerseylicious or something or uh, or hypernasality along our big butts. Like a big nose on our butts. <laughs> <laughs> that might not play well. Out of Swarovski crystals. <laughs> I have a friend that works for Swarovski from what it sounds like they're, they're going to take anything right now. So okay, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Um, sponsor us? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to. He's going to be our guest one day when we talk about pizza. Perfect. But today, right. I want to know: um, Did you catch SNL last week? The other speech and language SNL. I did I did what? Um, oh, John, John with my neighbor, your host, John Mulaney. He is your neighbor, right? He lives down the block. I see him all the time with his little French bulldog. Yes. He, mm -hmm. I feel like every time he hosts, he like mentions your neighborhood in mm -hmm. monologue too, which must be really cool. He's a super focused dog walker. Really? He doesn't stop because he knows people recognize him. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. I know with the mask, probably now people won't recognize yeah, him. Yeah, but even they know his dog probably, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So. Well, a French bulldog in Chelsea. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like fine, that's fine, the fine. only the only dogs that are there fair enough fair yeah enough. but he did good what was your favorite set from from the episode well <laughs> i think we have the same one okay so it's been like a week of horror and i can't remember what like the word lives for on the 41st floor walk <laughs> So I, it was like thanking all the New Yorkers, right? And it was like, thank you, everyone. It was like, they showed this like, what's the word? Like an archetype, right? They show this lady who's like, you're everyone's like college professor. <laughs> with like weird hairdo, funky, crunchy clothes. In and a tracksuit with a fanny pack. My new favorite accessory I don't leave yes. home without. Yeah. I love that. Do you? Oh, I my I'll show it to you one day. It's a metallic silver pandemic pack. I got I everything in there. That's Hand awesome. sanitizer, gloves, mm -hmm. a flask. You don't know condoms, they're expired, but you never know. <laughs> we'll get some new ones. How I got about? a couple snacks in there, some candy, dollars for homeless people. It's great. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. They are back though. Like oh. you can get like a Gucci. They call it like a belt bag. Oh, but no, it's mine's a hot topic. <laughs> hot topic for Burning Man. It's my Burning I Man like pouch. It. I like it. It turns but out everything I needed to survive Burning Man is also everything I needed to survive the pandemic. I've just been living out of my Burning Man bag. Admit that to me, actually, <laughs> completely sensible. <laughs> we're prepared for the Burning Man experience, mm -hmm. but they're not there like three three degrees of separation, maybe mm -hmm. only two. So. Yeah. No, but on the bike ride I went on Saturday, everybody's like, oh, I need this. I'm like, here you go. Like, that's a very Burning Man. Everybody's got what you need. This I woman I met was like, I'm like, do you want, I was giving out candy to everybody. She's like, I want something nutritious. I'm like, hang on. And I pulled a kind bar out of my uh, fanny pack. I'm like, here you go. Yeah. A squishy so. kind bar. <laughs> exactly. It was a mini one. It was perfect. She was so happy. Uh, Wait, did you see the, um, I did love the, the musical, um, Times Square shop. Thing. Oh man, that was precious, precious. That was really funny, and when we like Broadway, so it was yeah. like not a good reference to like Les Mis and. <laughs> yeah, they 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 got it all in there, that, and that's something only that 
they could pull off with John Mulaney because he could sing. Yeah. yeah. Like a triple threat. I love when they sing though. It reminds you that they're really talented. So talented. Yeah. yeah. I always think I'm like, oh my God, like that's like people look at them and they're like, I did shows with that person in high school and they're like <laughs> so legit now. Look at this. I'm cool because of yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like teaching yoga class or something. I have a friend, um, he was actually my, my first boyfriend in high school, um, is a writer for, what is the show, Last Week Tonight, is it Last? Uh, with the English guy, John Oliver. Yeah, he's a writer for that. Li- last Week Tonight or something? Yeah, yeah it is something tonight. that. Yeah. So he's or like a famous week person from, mm-hmm. from our town, our little town. How fun. And we did all the show. He was like the lead in all the shows and all that stuff. So yeah, he's he's got his Emmys. You know what I learned this week, Karen? When yeah. I need to distract myself from the world, mm-hmm. I am hyper-focused, man. I have been working 12 hour days because it's the only thing that I can like do that's productive. So yeah, smart, like channel it, channel it. I don't even know. I don't even have cable. I, I, I just told my, a (laughs) couple different friends. I'm like, listen, I called my friend this morning. I'm like, uh, did Stacey Abrams win the election? Why is everybody blowing up about her? Like, I have no idea what's happening Mm -hmm. and I don't want to know, but she will be president of this country in our lifetime. I guarantee it. I will, I will put my blood, sweat and tears into that. She's an American. She's an American to be proud of, man. Mm -hmm. Oh man. She saw a problem and she faced it head on like a diva. Like a diva. I'm a, a diva. I'm a, like a, a, diva. a diva. I don't know any diva songs except that one. Na na na. Diva is a female version of a hustler. Of a hustler. That's Beyonce. I like it. I like it. So we were going to talk. We talked about divas this week. The other thing that. Oh yeah, because I was saying you're like texting me all this election. I'm like I'm going to die, like, Anthony. I'm, like, I'm also still dying. Where are you? <laughs> I'm like I'm listening to Donna Summer. I'm in the zone. She's a diva. She is a diva. So that was exciting for me to hear. Oh, man. And you asked me about her and I started doing all this research about her. She I thought I knew everything. Mm -hmm. She died the summer of 2012. And that was one of the saddest summers of my life. Because that was at the prime of my uh, going out. We were in P-Town. And every time they played Donna Summer, I would be, people would be in the middle of a story, like, and then Donna Summer would come on. I would be like, we got to dance. That's it. That's the only Mm -hmm. rule I have. I lost a lot of friends that summer, but I danced for Donna Summer, you know? Did you, wait, did you summer in P-Town? And I didn't know this about you. I summer in P-Town. I haven't been in a couple of years, but it it was a thing for a while. Oh, I love the Cape. Can I go with you next time? (laughs) I'm going to show up with my friggin' minivan and my kids. <laughs> you could be our house mother. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love P-Town. P-Town is the best. Oh, if you could get a coupon from your husband to just take a week off, Ugh. that would be the time. Oh, of I'll bring life. my cousin. We'll just show me yeah. and Aaron and B will show up and that'll be it. So <laughs> I haven't been in a while. I've been in every season I've been. It's, it's a magical place. Provincetown, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we go to um, Nantucket when it's not um, a pandemic every uh-huh. summer. But when I was in college, I had a really good friend who had a house in Easton, which is she would always say it's. Wait, I can't show you on the camera. It's here. <laughs> like she would point on her arm. On her arm. Yeah. It is, but it's like halfway out, right? So we would like go for the day 
to P-Town, mm. but I've never been like out in P-Town. Uh, that's something. I mean, we could even arrange a four day weekend because I think what happened was going a full week for, for me was too much. Yeah. But I guess now that I'm not like drink forward, but I'm like the drink is the accent to the party. Maybe I can handle yeah. it differently. We'll see. Yeah. Or if you haven't been there in a while, it could trigger the desire to just go full throttle, which is also okay. Let me tell you every, <laughs> every year with P-Town, it's a miracle how we get home because I, I do the math. There's no way anybody's sober by Sunday. Like we hit it so hardcore mm -hmm. the day after you get home. I'm like, why am I shaking? <laughs> Because it's like, they were like brunch, you wake up, it's like cocktail, mimosa, tea. I know. Oh my God. I know. And then you have the Sunday scaries, but it's for like a uh, week. A week. <laughs> no, I, I, it's like a, so yeah. So now I go to Burning Man. I need the recovery for that. Mm. I don't do P, I got, there's a little bit of P town there. So it's That's good. right. Yeah. 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 It's a different flavor, but same, same, uh, same category. Mm, but <laughs> my, when, when we talk about diva, Donna Summer yes. is the diva. Who's well, your... I, didn't, I didn't know that um, you were like a Donna Summer person. And then I started picturing you writing or working with it. I don't know. I'm like, actually, that's like a really good energy zone to get into mm -hmm. on the computer where I would be like, maybe not thinking to tap into that. You mm -hmm. know, it's disco music's got a repetitive undertone yep. and her chorus is well sung, but not, you know, not a lot of... You know, sunset yeah. people doing it, it right like, repeats, night after right? That, for for seven minutes, right? And you're just like, and I can't dun, stop dun, moving. Yep, it's the best. <laughs> I um, but it was when you when you were telling me about that, I was like, oh my god, he loves divas, and then I was like, oh my god, over the weekend I was um hiding in my laundry room folding laundry because like that's you get away. Like mm -hmm. you gotta go do something and you're like, I gotta go upstairs. <laughs> and I just like have this pang. Wait, your laundry room's upstairs? Yeah. That's money. Clutch now. Thank you, <laughs> Uncle Eddie. When we were when we were redoing our house, right? We like renovated the whole thing. Uncle Eddie was helping and Uncle Eddie was like, you guys should put the washer and dryer upstairs in the bathroom. <laughs> So we have this bathroom slash my office right now. I'm sitting next to my wash and dryer, but um, it's amazing because like literally all the bedrooms are up here, right? Like imagine if it was like in the basement or something. Oh, the worst. Like it's just like he saved. Thank you, Uncle Eddie G. I have an Uncle Eddie D and an Uncle Eddie G. Uncle of the family. Uncle right. Eddie G. You Uncle are the Eddie man. G, you did it. You, you got did this. It. <laughs> but yeah, I was clutch. hiding in the laundry and I like had a craving for um, Gloria Stefan. Uh, another diva. And I hadn't listened to it in so long, but like, she's one of my faves and what uh. range and just so good. So I put it on and I was like folding my laundry and same thing. Like, it's just like certain music, just like you just get it done, what you got to get done. But when mm -hmm. I saw Donna Summer, then I was like thinking of like, why are we both doing divas this week? And then I was thinking, remember the divas live? Were you like aware I of loved that? It. Oh, Gloria Stefan, Tina Turner. Yeah. They had different div do they still do that VH1 Divas Live? No, I don't is VH1 still on? Like I don't even know. I don't know. But like I'm trying to think who else was on it. They would have everybody. Like they would mm -hmm. have like they had like Mariah. They I think that's they had right. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, and imagine getting all those people together to do a show. Like, oh. Uh. 
the I'm divas, sure that was a scene. <laughs> the drama that must have happened. The, yes. the producers on that must have had a lot of patience. Uh, did you catch Gloria? What was Gloria Stefan's musical? Get uh, on your feet. Yeah, I think it was called On Your Feet. The on Your Feet. So mm -hmm. I have a story. My friend is like, I got tickets to On Your Feet, but I already saw it. You have to meet me to get the ticket and then go. And I had nothing going on. This was back when we could live frolic and free and uh, bike up to Times Square to meet your friend to get some rando ticket. All right, Penny. Yeah, I, I saw, I watched that show by myself and cried like a baby. The scene they with her bus accident, I was in high, I was in middle school. I was so worried about her. I was like, Ma, we have to go to church and pray for Gloria Stefan. Was was the was it her life? Was the musical her life? It was the story of her life from Cuba, like from yeah. being a child in Cuba mm -hmm. to Florida and how she met her husband and mm -hmm. also like her talent with music. And she worked, man. Like we were talking about this divas. They sound like, oh, give me a martini. And I only want, you know, the yeah. M&Ms without M's. Like they're not like that. They, they're divas because they worked hard. Yeah. She and worked I, and hard. They know how to work. Like mm -hmm. they, there's. I feel like there's a special kind of intelligence to show your talent. The way. Yeah. Listen yeah. to this in the musical. You know that song. Come on, everybody, baby, do that conga. Mm -hmm. No, you can't. Get she got hired by rich people across the country to sing that at weddings and bar mitzvahs. And really? they took every job that they could get and they traveled to make money uh -huh. to like record more stuff. And that's, I mean, that's hard work. And oh could you God. imagine singing that song 10 times a day, every day of your life? How do you even talk? I know. It's yeah. quick. Oh my God. There's so many good ones. Like mm. one, two, three, four. Come, Come on, on baby. Say, say you love me. Five, six, seven. But she has all those, like, that's like happy childhood. Like mm -hmm. to me, I'm like, oh, like I remember being a little kid. Like it's so great. But then like she has all the ballads, right? Like that are like so beautiful and so mm -hmm. cool and like emotional and like uh, lovely. But I, you mentioned her car accident. And I remember uh, one of my first like Oprah Winfrey memories. <laughs> <because> <laughs> And here's the thing, like Oprah, like just stopped being on TV. Like I remember I was still in, in grad school. It was like, we were like, Oprah was on in the afternoon, like at like four o'clock still mm -hmm. when I was in grad school. And then it was like, Oprah was gone. But anyway, iconic Oprah episode, they had her on and she was like talking about the accident. And I remember like, this was a very impressionable like consumption of information where she was in this accident and was injured, right? Such a crazy story. Mm -hmm. She's it's underrated it's uh, she's underrated that accident too they talked about that in the musical there was a character that played like a physical therapist oh. where she was in a gloria was in a really dark place and the physical therapist is like you're not giving up i'm not letting you give up and mm -hmm. that's what brought her out of the dark coming out of the dark and that song is about that right oh that's that yeah all her fans wrote to her i wonder if she got my card i'm getting emotional right gloria if you're here <laughs> if you got a card from a little gay boy named Anthony, that was me. We want you on our show. Yes, Gloria, please. <laughs> she's got a new show that she's doing. Did you see? She's no. got. Like a, mm -hmm. It's like a red table talk <gasps> thing with Jada, and she just did a whole episode with her daughter, who I believe is a lesbian. I don't. I don't. I think it's. I think she's that. I don't want to miscategorize which thing she's identifying I mean, as, but I think that's yeah. it. But anyway, they had a whole episode and they were talking honestly about like how um, they, she like didn't want her to tell her grandmother 
you know, all this stuff. And like, it was, I just saw like a clip of it, but it looks really cool. Like she, Gloria Stefan has the range. She has the range. <laughs> yes. She's, I mean, she's still around. She did. I saw her on TV just this week. She had her, some beautiful blouse on with her bazoombas out. Like she's aging mm-hmm. beautifully, man. Yeah, she's a cool. She's I mean, not cool. that bazoombas do it for me, but I, at her age, they looked really healthy. You appreciate <laughs> a, a well done bazoomba. Yeah. Right? And it was like she was in the shot with the bazoomba, like, hey, everybody, don't it's you give good. up. This is how she's a diva. Like, what is she? She's probably like 60, 70, right? Oh, like, wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they'll sue us for calling her daughter a lesbian, but get the wrong age. And we are, uh, we. Uh, <laughs> just like, I don't want, if she's not, if she's bi or something, I might be saying the wrong thing. So. 63. What? Well, yeah, I think it's okay that we covered at least like one of the LGBT things. Okay. So we have to get to the nerd part of our show, Karen. Yes. Hello. The nerd part. What's, so we no. actually just before recording. So all of you know, yes. Karen and I do a pre-record like a proper show mm-hmm. to plan out the episode. And I was going on a tangent about executive functions and working memory. And yes. since this is hypernasality, a podcast about speech and language, yes. we thought to save that combo for y'alls. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Who's ready. All I'm right. ready and I'm excited. Mm. So this actually, um, is a, it crosses, both of our um, wheelhouses, I guess you could say, right? Like, we Are you to- saying that everybody we work with has a brain? I'm saying everybody has a brain. Every <laughs> single person you treat as an SLP has a brain that needs oh. some level of developed executive function. A hundred percent, a hundred thousand percent. Feed it to us. I love, I love, I always tell our student, my students and people I work with when I do training, you may be a speech and language pathologist, but you're really a brain therapist because Mm -hmm. you always have to think about this amazing organ we have in our head. It's the sexiest organ, you know, not like Gloria's bazoombas, but it's up there. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, long, so there's been a long held, I have to bring up the article because I don't want to, um, uh, again, disclaimer, this is not evidence-based, but if you don't want to read the paper, this might be a good Cliff's Notes, okay? Yes. So there's been a long held idea that bilingual individuals have a cognitive advantage. Hmm. So let me explain. A cognitive advantage is when you measure skills associated with executive functioning or a working memory. What researchers have found is indeed bilingual adults and bilingual children and bilingual teenagers have been shown to be significantly better than peers, the monolingual peers on executive functioning tasks. Okay. What are executive uh, functioning tasks? So executive functioning tasks um, really include skills related to your ability to inhibition, shifting, and updating. Mm. So inhibition. I want to tell you a side story right now. I can inhibit that idea Mm -hmm. or shifting. We're going from one topic, shifting to another and being able to shift back Mm -hmm. and then updating tasks. As you get into something, being able to say, wait a second, I need to update and shift. That's a very gross overgeneralization of these skills. But one of the points this article made was that those are three skills that account for executive functioning. The bilingual advantage has been found, but not in all three skills and not across the lifespan. 
Okay. So the researchers that talk about this a lot, one of them was able to do a TED talk where she presented her results and her results did indeed show showed that bilingual adults were significantly better at either an inhibition shifting or updating task. I can't remember which one, okay. but because it was on a TED talk and because of the way we consume research, it got taken into a snowball that being bilingual means that you're better at you're brain better. stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. your brain's better, which has not been refuted, but this paper, which just appeared in all journals, Language, Speech, and Hearing Services in the Schools, 2018, not just appeared, but just came across my desk. Um, <laughs> disclaimer, I know some of the peeps up on this paper. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best written papers to talk about, um, to talk about bilingualism, mm -hmm. executive functions, and what they said was, and they did such a good job talking about the literature. This is one of the papers that makes me like proud to be a researcher because it's so well done mm -hmm. and it considers everything with bilingualism, including like socioeconomic status, cultural mm. influence of where you live and how that might affect an individual, the social implications yeah. of being a bilingual. And then they talked about executive functioning being inhibition shifting and updating mm -hmm. and that across the lifespan we only have scattered evidence of some significant differences so the idea that there is an advantage is not solidified we don't have enough data to say that and they looked at bilingual children and found no significant differences uh, on any of their tasks okay but all of this is to say like that idea is something that even i would talk about that the bilingual advantage and and I still think it's good to raise children bilingual and I think yeah. we have to think about that um, and it doesn't disadvantage anybody so that's right. also something we know but yeah. this paper um, they they really talked about inhibition shifting updating what are your thoughts on this well I have personal and clinical and scholarly thoughts so the personal is that my husband is bilingual. And he is like a super, he's a super fast thinker. Like he can do numbers really fast. Like he shifts through information really quickly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he uses really funny words <laughs> in a second <laughs> language, which is English, which I have a lot of fun with. But it's, I mean, this is totally anecdotal, but like when you're talking about this, I'm like, oh, like it actually, like for Tom, my husband, it's like, I totally see that where like mm -hmm. his brain has been forced to multitask. Actually at dinner tonight, we were talking about the fact that at like six years old, he was having to get on the phone for his mother and like talk to the bank and translate wow. like, and stuff. So even in terms of like you mentioned, you're um, in the paper, them talking about like, socioeconomic and like environment and how that could even contribute or relate to the fact that you're bilingual, like for his circumstances, there were things that went along with his parents being immigrants that like made him have to use his brain differently than a six-year-old kid normally would. A hundred percent. And that's what they talked about too, is the uh, socioeconomic impact and having to do that at a young age is definitely yeah. going to influence yeah. your development for yeah, sure. Yeah, like even with the concepts of what you're having it like... <laughs> He was saying that his mom would like force him to ask questions and he'd be like, that's a dumb question. I don't want to ask. And she'd be like, ask it. And like, yeah. she would know. <laughs> so like, you know, so I definitely see it from that point. But what I was curious about from a research standpoint is like, what kind of, and, and again, I don't mean to put you on the spot with methods and design, but like what kind of tasks 
Were they so this, this particular group of researchers got NIH funding and what they did was they built a iPad or a, a touchscreen type of game mm, okay. that included the shifting tasks, okay. uh, updating tasks and inhibition tasks. So cool. they have validated that in prior research. The whole thing that they're interested in this, this series of studies is working memory and mm. the role working memory plays in learning for monolinguals, bilinguals, dyslexics. So that's kind of the space they're in. Yeah. Uh, so the task that they developed after they developed that the pirate game, they called it, mm -hmm. they're able to now look at all of the data that they have and start comparing groups and, 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 and saying that. But not only is this paper such a well-designed study and well-written, it's like a great example of what good writing is for yeah. scientists. Um, they, they, they did their work, man. This is something where every, every base was covered. They included a table where they reviewed all the literature on this topic. Plus they provided slides of like what their task looked like. Nice. Uh, I mean, it's just really well done. And I, I, I am a little biased because one of the authors of the paper is my academic advisor, but anybody who knows her knows that she, her brain's really big. Perfect. Like, I know that's not a thing, but I'm going to send this to you. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah. And I really, I really enjoyed talking about it. It's making me, I want to ask you another quick question. Yeah, so, go for uh, it. Like the, including the background literature, right? And this is something in, in paper writing and in grant writing. I feel like I almost go overboard on that sometimes. Like, I don't know when to stop. That's a rookie. That's a rookie yeah. issue. Yeah. So, and it depends like these researchers, most of the times you're supposed to be able to um, summarize the literature in the text. So instead of saying in this study, this happened. And in this study, this happened, yeah. you want to be able to say across studies, consistent findings have showed X mm -hmm. for this particular study. They, and I think a good way to go on the back end of it, and I have my doctoral students do this all the time, let's put the information into a table where mm -hmm. we could look at it three-dimensionally. Yeah. And then if we can't convert that into a paragraph or section of the paper, we include the table and let the table do the talking. Got it. But so I think for you, as you're as you're going about this this work, always start with a table. And so anytime you've come across a, a paper with a really good table, you should save it because you'll imitate that one day. I think that's a really great suggestion. And, and in fact, I don't have a structured way of um, really going through the literature. So mm -hmm. if you have any templates that you want to send. I have, I have tons of templates. We could do a whole other episode on yeah, that. Yeah, there's a whole topic. I'm I, sure. I used to teach the whole course on that, but that's what they do in one of our courses at the university. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but there's different reasons. Like you might go in to look at a study to look at all the outcome measures. So that's right. what the table is. Or you might look at the study to look at all the different samples. Right. So you want to think about what variables do you want to what compare across studies? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but that's my, that's my nerddom for this week. And uh, yeah, this, if anybody wants a copy of the paper or the citation, you just send me a note, but it's called Do Bilingual Children Have an Executive Function Advantage? Mm -hmm. Results from Inhibition Shifting and Updating Tasks. So cool. So cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, yeah, so that's, that's my uh, hypernasality. 
I feel like we've been doing so much fun. We mm-hmm. forget that our mission was to also nerd out once. I know, but that was also fun. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed that. Out. Yeah. It's really good. I think it's it's nice that it bridges between like I, I have to say, like in terms of thinking of executives, my selfish bias to um like adult acquired domains, like I am always thinking of like right brain, like TBI maybe some cerebellar folks and and executives and how they relate to like rehab. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. interesting and it brings me back, but I know working memory, like I know that happens with everything. Yeah. yeah. Everything we do is working memory. You have a patient that's, that's had some sort of brain injury, Mm -hmm. even if they're, cognitions intact if they're getting up to walk and they have to concentrate on that that's taking up working memory Mm -hmm. and they need that so you can't have extensive conversation with them while they're doing that but Mm -hmm. I would imagine the rehabilitation goal is to be able to walk and talk like they were able to do before Mm -hmm. yeah could be what do you mean by that could be depends on how badly they're injured I guess Uh, where you're headed with things, but like the ultimate, definitely that, I mean, from a, a, a level of independence and not a modified independence, it would be that they can handle simulation and operate mm-hmm. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's that web, right? That cognitive web where like, what part of it is attention, what's working memory, what's like, you know, and how all those things are necessary to kind of like make it, make it whole. And absolutely. Happen, you know? yeah. But I think with kids, especially, it's interesting to think about because I don't think about it a lot. <laughs> It was, so when you talk about that working memory, the the thing that everybody agrees on, it's a limited capacity system, mm-hmm. which means you can't overload it. So when you okay. talk to people, like when you're in meetings with people that are like doing their email or their, you know, note taking while we're trying to have a, a an intense conversation, you can't, the human brain isn't designed to do that. Mm-hmm. When your brain is injured and you can't walk mm-hmm. and talk, it's like now that working memory capacity is is now allocated for those tasks it's interesting you bring up kids because oftentimes as adults we put on to kids our expectations of being able to do working without realizing that's a developing skill interesting a developing limited capacity skill how do you know such little about this you have two little brains in your home i know and we treat them with such high mean expectations (laughs) As you should, because that's how they develop to the adult model. Yes, we don't yeah. cut no back over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, um, I wanted to actually ask you about this because I, I feel like, I bet like a lot of SLPs that um, do more like rehab and adult-based service feel this way when you have kids. I'm like, I don't know. Like I, sometimes I'm like, I know I should know this, but I have no idea. So I have a question for you. So my first question is like, how are you like with de- like development? <laughs> I'm pretty good with development. Whenever people ask me about this, I I remind them of two things. Normal development is a range. Yeah. It's quite a large range. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of overlap with, like, if you look at the diagnostic indicators for autism, let's say, almost all of us have exhibited one or two of those skills, one of two of those behaviors at a time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I take a very hippie liberal approach to development because I do think that it's an amazing process. These brains are figuring stuff out and look at what the kid was doing two days ago, a week ago, a month ago compared to now, instead of what all else is happening around them and all the other kids. Yeah. It's so it's, it is really fun. Like, with your kids to watch. Mm-hmm. So I have my uh, three-year-old, my, my oldest of mm-hmm. the two, 
Thomas. He is <laughs> he is a verbal little scutcheoo. Like he he's a light. I met him that one time, and I was like, "This child." He is. He's got a spirit. He's got energy. He's verbose. He's energetic. He might have some kind of hyperactivity, but we're <laughs> channeling it. No, but but he um he astounds us like with the things that he comes out with from a verbal perspective. Now talking about working memory and just memory in general, he'll remember stuff like episodic things and, and like tell us something that happens, remembers where things are in the house. Like we'll be like, where's your froggy. And it's like, he's, he's like in the, on the shelf in the drawer. Like he remembers mm. where stuff is. So I think his consumption and learning of language has really benefited because he's got this like strong uptake of mm -hmm. like all information. But I guess like because I'm he's my first and I'm like so impressed. Sometimes I'm like, is he is he fancy or is this like normal stuff that people just should enjoy in their kids? Or is he like kind of cool? <laughs> oh my gosh, you're opening up so many cans of worms for me. <laughs> So let me finish and then you can yell at me. No, no, no. Go on. Your child's a god. Your child. <laughs> and, I, and this is a thing because like no, I no, know I'm like kidding. parents think their kids are frigging cool and amazing. Mm. And then they're like, and then it's like, that's not that exciting. But today, okay. So he's three and three months. And today he got in trouble with my mom and my mom put him in timeout because my mom is my babysitter in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Free. It's free. Thanks, mom. Thanks, Manda, for mm -hmm. retiring and taking <laughs> But anyway, she put him in timeout. What else would they be doing as retired people during the I pandemic? I myself that so I don't yeah. feel Does bad. she complain? She, like, so, she'll never complain. They love them so much. But sometimes I can tell she's worn out. But my dad says... This is a privilege. <laughs> You're so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So go on. Your mom puts so, him in timeout. Yeah. He was like, he's fresh sometimes. So he got it. You got to regulate. And they don't have inhibition yet. They don't. They written. don't. And it's, let me tell you, it's clear. Mm -hmm. Okay. When he's like mm -hmm. running across the room trying to body slam me, like there's something's in the front of the <laughs> But he, um, he was in timeout. He's sitting on the chair and my mom turns her back and she hears him go, you stink like about my mom. So my mom is a retired school teacher. So she turns around and gives him teacher and is like, excuse me. And he goes like this. Well, you know, like sometimes if you don't shower, like you might not smell that good. Like you, you might stink. Like, Okay. okay. And, and so that's the end of my story of what he did. But I was like, is that like, I feel like that's like five-year-old stuff. Like, I mean, that's some good shifting and updating. <laughs> that's for sure. He read the room on that. Good for him. Yeah. Oh, I'm in Karen, trouble. I know three, as much 39 as that. months, trouble, trouble. <laughs> well, that's the other thing, man. These kids, we don't, we don't even know. We need new data. I know. We can't look at the data from the, our whole field is based on data from three kids in the seventies. I know. We need more data. <laughs> You're so right. It's like 1970s. Yeah. Like but I, a white middle-class preschool mm -hmm. in like white land. <laughs> I think, I think as you're talking, I'm listening and I have right now my own persona. I'm going through this like, um, 
my biological clock is ticking a little bit again, you know, but I think it's just, you know, whatever. But uh, so I'm like, oh, should I have a kid? Should I adopt? Whatever. But that aside, like when you see your kids develop, I hear this from friends, family, clients I work with, like, it's amazing what they learn and what they do. So that's the miracle of life and you enjoy it. And every time you think your kid's a genius, you just ask them what day of the week it is. And then then that will check you (laughs) because they will say purple. They will say rectangle. Mm -hmm. They will not say Wednesday. Yeah. Like when you're like, peeing next to the toilet you're not that impressive yeah 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 <laughs> like he may have bamboozled your mother but five minutes later he was like looking at the buffet of boogers on his nose like it's okay <laughs> that's the thing that grounds us that's yeah the thing that grounds us yeah that's what grounds us <laughs> but oh i am God. so screwed <laughs> you are so screwed because that is brilliant thinking man that he could shift he knew the double meaning of the word stink Yes. And he used it. And then your mom checked him and she mm-hmm. got a teacher response. Like mm-hmm. she knew, like she was probably just as alarmed. What grade did she teach? She taught a bunch of different things. So she taught, um, she started in self-contained special education, elementary special ed, and then um, moved to a different district where they did push in. And it was like third and fourth grade resource room. Mm-hmm. and team teaching push-in so for the for, kids that needed resource room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her grandson at 39 months to be giving her the same lip that those kids gave. Like a nine-year-old. Drops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. That kid is trouble. Good trouble, man. You're raising two boys. You better raise them to be the feminists of the millennium. Oh, don't you know? worry. We just talked yeah. about it at dinner the other night. I was See? like, Thomas, did you know that not that long ago, mamas could not work and they couldn't wear pants? <laughs> <laughs> he goes that's weird <laughs> and then he goes he made up a story he's like so then they said you could work and you could wear pants and that was the end <laughs> uh, listen on that note i'd like to thank our sponsors tito's tito's homemade american vodka mm-hmm. in the bluest state in the nation i mean the reddest state <laughs> in the nation but the bluest city they're in, Austin, Texas. That's Thank right. You. We thought we were going to flip you, but now we. Oh, we man. You. <laughs> Listen, if we flipped Arizona, that, I, I blame my tenure there for that. There we go. Thank you. Mm. We salute you then, too. <laughs> Until next time, this has been Hypernasality, a podcast Not about yes. speech, language, and a couple other things. <laughs> yeah, we definitely covered swallowing today. Yes, we did. <laughs>